Are you a fan of pro wrestling, comedy, and combat sports? Then we have the podcast for you because we cover that and much, much more. Do you like to debate with your friends? Do we have the perfect segment for you? It's the 531, where we take any given subject, break it down to a top five. From there, we debate it down to three and then into that number one spot. If you want to get a hold of us, find us on our social media. Search Working Fans Podcast on any major social media platform. And if you want to find the podcast, search for us on any major podcast platform as well as YouTube. Working Fans Podcast. We put in the work so you don't have to. We're live, baby. <laughs> Working Fans Podcast. Can't be denied. Won't be stopped. Oh, baby, this is a back-to-back recording, a little peek behind the wall. Because remember that last recording? I said, ah, I forgot to put my light on. Well, I still forgot. I ain't shit. <laughs> I'm tired. That's all right. Producer Joe still lighting it up. What? Yeah. Sparks, baby. Sparks fire his ass. Every time. Working hard. Hip hop for the homeless. We're gonna be it's doing that this weekend as we're recording this, but that already be passed. So we're gonna talk top five matches of the year. I won't have the tally going like I did the last couple, but was, you know what? I think we can figure out. Don't worry, I'll keep a tally for you. Oh, I'm sure you will. <laughs> I'm gonna start off with Mike Caldwell, former guest of the show, Mikey and Fred, professional wrestler. He has Roman Reigns and Brian Danielson from SmackDown. Back then, he was Daniel Bryan. But Omega and Danielson, the Broadway. Not from SmackDown. Not from SmackDown. We'll talk about that in a second, actually. Punk versus Darby. Rollins versus Cesaro from WrestleMania. And Roman versus Cesaro. I'm going to take it. Caldwell is a Cesaro fan. Yeah, absolutely. That's And how do you? How can you not be a Cesaro fan? The only people who don't seem to like Cesaro is the WWE. <laughs> I, this was actually well, a better year for a little while. <laughs> well, luckily for us. He came in their senses and said he was yeah, well, luckily for us, he just signed an extension with him also. So how he's going to be there till at least 2024. Oh, my God. I don't even know how that happened. Yeah. <laughs> he would be so great somewhere that's, else. That's why he got the push in the beginning of the year. They were getting ready to sign him. They're uh, like, we're gonna, look, we're giving you the push. And now, like, all right, fuck him. Broadway, yeah. though. I thought, is, is Broadway a draw? Or I thought, is that Yeah, Broadway is always a draw. No, but yeah. you don't have to go an hour? No, you don't have to go an hour. Okay. Well, you could say 40-minute Broadway. Broadway oh, just okay. means that you're going the whole distance. Okay, okay. I think that's what I was right. Well, why don't you go off your first listen? Yeah, because I've seen 90-minute Broadways. Right, 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 right. So my first one is actually Mrs. St. John's favorite baby boy, Zach. We've got Will Ospreay versus Tagachi Dantaku. <laughs> that's, and I believe that's from night two, if you guys are keeping track, because that also may have made my list. And then Paige versus Omega from Full Gear. We've got Dragonoff versus Walter, which should make a lot of lists. And then we got Osprey versus Ta- uh, Takaji in the Takagi. New Japan. It's, it's Takaji. Sorry, yeah. I can't yeah. say these names either. And then, and that's from the New Japan Cup. Yeah, and I then was on my list. I was going to actually ask you about that, but you put him on there again. Yeah, Jingo Takagi. He's had a hell of a year for them. Those are some great matches. Two separate shows. One's from night two, I believe, of in earlier in the year. And then the other one is from the New Japan Cup. So, and then he's got one more. He's got Brian got Danielson versus Omega from Dynamite. No arguments here. We'll talk more about that match a little bit later. Actually, let's go right down to Randy Otsuka, who's got, as always, six Jake Rule. Randy, since I'm reading your list, I'm going to let you have it, baby. <laughs> he's got Kenny Omega versus Brian Danielson, AEW Dynamite Grand Slam. Josh Alexander versus TJP, 60 minute Iron Man match. 
Britt Baker. That was a hell of a match. Rosa, AEW Dynamite Lights Out match. Damn right. Bucks versus Lucha Brothers, AEW All Out Steel Case match, tag titles. Mm. Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair, WrestleMania 37. That was night one, Women's Championship match. And he's got Walter versus Tomasa Ciampa, NXT Stand and Deliver Takeover night one. His list would have been perfect if he had just kept off that um, Belair and Sasha Banks match. That was a great match. <laughs> no, no, it, it was a great match. It, I just. I don't. I think if you're going to leave one of those six off, that's the that's the one I would leave off. Well, let's see what we do to my list. That, that's, <laughs> just, that's just my, that's just my personal opinion, man. So. Were you not crying? <laughs> no, it, no, it was a great match. I absolutely yeah. love the match. I'm not trying to take away from the match. Both women the- delivered. I just think that some of the other matches we've talked about thus far, including the Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa, I just enjoyed more. Gotcha. I've got Scott from Valentine, from Valentine, Valentine. or from Voluntown, where, <laughs> yeah, in Voluntown, where you're friends with everybody but your teeth. All right, we've got Walter versus Dragonoff from NXT 36. That was the second one. Danielson versus Eddie Kingston from Rampage. Yeah. Uh, so I like that we one too. Live for that, so. Huh? I said me and him were there live for that one too. Yeah, that was a hell of a match. I can only imagine what that was like in person. That's uh, Thankfully, I wasn't able to go. Will Ospreay versus Takachi again. Takagi. Shingo sure. Takagi. <laughs> Maybe I'll just stick with the first name. Shingo. That's, uh, um, that's the one from day two also. And then he's got Yutami Hayashita yeah. versus Suri. It's actually not Hayashita. Huh? I forget. The enunciation is a little off on that, too. It's like... Sayuri? Um, I don't know. No, no, it's fine. It's That's, fine. Uh, but I can tell you, I am also a fan of Stardom, and they did have a hell of a match. That was from the Cinderella edition, I believe. Yeah. So that was really good. And then Young Bucks versus Lucha Brothers, all out. So not too bad. Not too bad. All right. I got Jesse from New Hampshire here. He's got Dragunov uh, uh, versus Walter. It's got to be, yeah, TakeOver 36. Yeah, yep. it's got to be TakeOver 36. That, yeah, the, the other match was at the end of last year. Aldis versus Murdoch, NWA 73. I actually like this. That was a really good match. I thought it was the best match of Trevor Murdoch's career, honestly. I um, do, too. But I don't know if that's match of the year. But, yeah, I definitely, it was a hell of a match. Briscoe's the farm match from Ring of Honor. Where yeah. they fought each other on the farm. Bucks versus Lucha Brothers in the cage. And Darby versus MJF Full Gear, the one I was actually late to see that night. So the Bucks and Lucha Brothers are making a lot of lists here. They're not going to make my list, but they're making a lot of lists here. Yep, they are. (laughs) (laughs) Not making mine either. (laughs) You got anyone else? I feel like a lot of people are going to be upset at me. Yeah, I got no. I got one more list. I'm just trying to see the name on it. There's no name on it. Did you give me Mike Flynn again? I gave you Mike Flynn. Nope, Mike Flynn's the one I haven't read yet. Right. So for Mike Flynn, I've got Osprey and Shingo, Night 2. I've got Dragonoff versus Walter from TakeOver 36. I've got the Lucha Brothers and Young Bucks all out. I've got Omega, Danielson, Dynamite, Grand Slam. Mm. And I've got Omega, Page, and Full Gear. Okay. Okay, those are all very good. Yeah, Omega Page. I'm surprised they haven't made more lists. I also got a list this week from Wrestle Chaps on Twitter. Are they British? I don't know. I or do they just wear leather chaps? But I, I don't think they wear leather chaps. But yeah, they're Russell chaps. They're on Twitter at W Chaps. Uh, Hobbs versus Dante Martin, Rampage. Oh. oh. Hmm. Like that. Wow. <laughs> Ryan Danielson versus Minoru Suzuki, Rampage. Not a bad one there. That's a good Daniels- one. 
Danielson versus Miro, full gear. Darby versus MJF, full gear. And Bianca be- uh, Belair and Sasha Banks from WrestleMania. AJ, I'm going to uh, bring attention to one thing. You kind of sick a little bit when you Hobbs and Dante Martin. Was that not what you consider one of the matches of the year? <laughs> okay, so both very good. Fine match. Not a bad match. I don't remember. Um, I'm not even going to lie. Yeah, match. <laughs> match. Match of the year? But hey, it's your opinion. You're entitled. And no, I, to, be honest with you, I wish, to be honest with you, I wish we had him on the show because I would love to know why that's one of their match of the years. That's like, guys, I'd love to have Hobbs and Dante Martin on the show. Guys, don't be afraid when you send these in these lists to put a little explanation if you're going to put a match that nobody remembers. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they did not make anyone else's list. I did talk to him back and forth. I did not actually bring that up. I talked about some of his other matches. Yeah, it might be a good idea next time. Just say, hey, why Hobbs and Martin? <laughs> I don't <laughs> want to get into a Twitter beef with him. It's his opinion. But oh, you I- don't have to get into a Twitter beef. Just say, hey, that's a, that's, a, that's an inter- <laughs> No, that's an interesting pick. What about that match? Set it aside for you. All right. Well, before I get to your pick, I'm going to give you mine. All right, I'm going to close. I got Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker. I got Bel Air and Banks as well. I got Hangman Omega. I just think the thing about Hangman Omega, everybody loves this match. It's a story that was told, and it's story. The, it came to a catalyst. Yeah, it was, and absolutely. and the emotion. I got Danielson and Omega too from Dynamite. Here's why: I have to say, in my opinion, this was the fastest thirty minute match I've ever seen in my life. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, like it just flew. By. I, I, it left you wanting another half an hour. I think. The placement, too, the fact they kicked off their show that night using this match was just so good because, obviously, you knew it was going to end in a draw, so you wanted to finish with something else. But, man, even for a draw, like, so many positive things. Like, people love this match. If there was ever a time when the chant fight forever would have been appropriate, that would have, that would have been the one. And I got dragging off Walter, too. I just think whenever these guys get together, they damn near kill each other. It's the most physical match I've seen all year. And last year, the match they had was the most physical match I've seen all year. No, I agree 100%. They, no, they I, I, I thought about putting uh, Trevor Murdoch and Nick Aldis, too. But I just thought some of these other matches were just hard to beat. But there was a great story in that match for those who followed NBA. The idea of Murdoch, who was almost legitimately retiring and then puts his career on the line in this thing against Aldis, who's been like the personification, I think, of what an NWA champion should be. Just absolutely fantastic storytelling. Really, the only bad thing about that match was Ric Flair speaking beforehand. I love that speech. I love Vince McMahon. I love Shawn Michaels. I love Hunter. Yeah, do, yeah. Mean, does he do, does he still feel that way? Seventy three anniversary. Show, you're like, yeah. Tell me how much you love Vince McMahon. Yeah. yeah. Now that he's now that he's suing the company for the two belts they supposedly taken from him, I wonder if he still feels that way. He does. <laughs> Rick's out of his mind. They need to put him away somewhere where he can't hurt his legacy. Uh, So who do you got on your list? Rick Flair? Yeah. I I have the match that almost happened. Rick Flair versus Sammy Guevara. (laughs) I have uh, Osprey versus Shingo from night two. It's a hell of a match. If anybody hasn't seen it, get out there. Check it out. They'll show you what Japanese ran strong style wrestling is all about. Dragonoff versus Walter from 36. To me, that's just a clinic on how to beat the hell out of each other. If there was one match on that card all night long where you were wondering if the two guys were really, really beating the crap out of each other, it's not that match. Nope. 
I do not have the Lucha Brothers versus the Bucks because that match sucked. I do have Omega and Danielson versus versus each other for the Broadway. To me, the 30-minute Broadway, like you said, it left me wanting more. Yeah. And eventually they're going to do this again, and it's going to be a great match. And I'm excited for that. Omega and Paige at full gear like you. Emotionally, I was invested. They drew out the story for mm-hmm. so long that they made a true connection with Adam Page and the fans. And when you do that, that's when it means something. And that's when the match genuinely means something. It wasn't just the belt. It was Adam Page coming overcoming his demons, overcoming his not being able to win the big match. It was literally a culmination of this story that was being told not only on Dynamite, but also on BTE. So it, it was really good. I mean, who do you uh, want for your three? I, I'm thinking I, I like... Oh, hold on. I haven't even said my fifth yet. Oh, sorry, sorry. My, my fifth one is Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker. You talk about two people. We talked about Dragunov and Walter beating the shit out of each other. Freaking Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa beat the living hell out of each other and gave one of the best performances the year, not for women's wrestling, for wrestling. So I absolutely love that match. If it, if it got more votes, I would fight to the death to get it at number one. Unfortunately, other than yourself and I, I'm not sure it got a lot of votes. I, Randy Osco also. But put it at number three. I got no problem with that. We can get absolutely. It uh, yeah, good. Let's put that at number three because uh, those women deserve to get do, the credit. We're not necessarily going to kick that out right away either. I, I'm, I'm, this is what I'm suggesting. I'm suggesting we're going to argue over the last match to make it in, but that last match might be the winner. Might be. Let's talk. Dragonoff and Walter too. I think that should be the other one in there. I think we'll. Put- I definitely, without a doubt. Don't then, don't don't get me wrong. That leaves a lot of wiggle room for that other match. That other match, and I know, and this is what I want to talk. My the other two matches that I want to argue for, which might end up winning. We'll talk. There, more. There's also a chance we might piss people off again with this one. But I think. <laughs> I like both of those matches with Omega. I like Omega and Danielson, and I like Omega and Hangman. So what I'm going to ask you, do when when me, I I really like. I thought Danielson and Omega was a little more brutal, which I lean towards. But I really love the story with Hangman Page, and I I, I love the story, and I think the story's great. But I'm going to go the other way. To me, that 30 minute Broadway is what wrestling is supposed to be. Oh, okay. And so that actually would get my vote out of the two. Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed the storytelling. I enjoyed the way it drove me in. I'm happy for Adam Page. And it could be a match of the year. And I'm sure in a lot of places that it probably will be. However, as far as I'm concerned, that 30-minute draw is literally the textbook wrestling. I think... This is where producer Joe remembers the time that we picked Kane as the number one mass wrestler of all time. <laughs> He's probably like, I do not have Hangman Omega there. I and I, I don't know. I hey, uh, hey, if he wanted to be involved with this, he could have sent a list. I'm I'm not totally like I'm a little iffy on it. I like both those Omega matches. So it's tough for me, but I have it's no a flip of the coin. It really yeah. is. I, I and when unfortunately when it's a flip of the coin. I got to go with what I, in my heart, I feel is my favorite of the two matches. Yeah, I don't have a problem with it. I'm going to go with it. So now we have to pick. Uh, we got to eliminate one of these matches. Yeah. It's tough. Do you, two, I, well, two of them are just blood fests. Yeah. And one of them is just a textbook wrestling match. Yeah, I think I'm going to go. I'm going to eliminate Walter and Dragunov. It's uh, actually what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, and it's painful because I don't want to get rid of any of these matches. No, I just think that 
I think there was something special about that women's match. I really enjoyed Baker. And Rosa. I, I, <laughs> I, I agree. I agree one hundred percent. I know what you're thinking. And, yeah, uh, yeah. No, I I'm getting rid of Walter and Dragonoff also. So yeah, yeah. And, and that was not an easy decision whatsoever. No, 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 no. So yeah, we're down. We're down to Omega and Danielson. Versus the women's match, so um, Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker. Here's the deal. Before this, I was assuming I was going to pick a Kenny Omega. Let match. me, let me, let <laughs> me ask. I'm just going to ask you one question. Out of these two matches, which one did more to further the careers of the wrestlers who were in the match? Out of the two matches. Okay, so this is where it's interesting because if we had gone Hangman and Omega, even though I do like the Danielson Omega match. I might have picked that as the winner because here's the difference between these two matches. And even though, yeah, I love the draw, I also feel like it's the beginning of the story. And that being said, that kind of makes me lean towards Rosa and Baker because we did get a finish. And even though I'm sure we're going to revisit this sometimes, it felt like we were ending something. And, and what? And like I was saying, what it did to it, me it, and it, it how I looked at Baker, it. Yeah. Although that, I'll tell you right now, if we were looking at the person who had the most best matches of the year overall, the two performers, it's Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega. Because with Brian Danielson, it's what he did with WWE with Roman. It's what he's done over here with Omega. It's what he's done over. But here in fairness, early. Omega and Danielson have had kind of better people to work with. Mm -hmm. I think at times Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker have to really elevate who they're working with. Yeah, and I'd have to say, uh, too, they really brought out the best of each other. And you know, I just, I don't know. There's something special about that match. I, I'm uh, I'm leaning towards the women. I've already decided. I'm definitely, yeah. <laughs> I'm going, yeah. Yeah, to, to I, me, to me, the, this match made Britt Baker. Britt yeah. Baker showed what exactly she's made of, and it put a spotlight on how great Thunder Rosa is and how yeah. tough both of them are. I, I I can tell you as somebody who's taking bumps, I don't want to take those bumps. <laughs> well, I will tell you what we are doing next week. Which is it me may... is it me taking bumps? No, no, no. Uh, we will be talking about the top five storylines. Yeah, and that to me, that's where Hangman Page and Kenny Omega have a chance to steal the show. Yeah. So. I believe that's correct. Who's the judge? You fucking asshole. But guys, but guys, <laughs> but guys, if you're wondering, we're choosing Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker as our match of the oh, year. Yeah, yeah So pick what you want, pick who you will, but Lord knows we're right, you're wrong. <laughs> a lot of great matches. Just remember, Kane is the number one mass wrestler of all time. Just a reminder. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. He's the number one luchador of all time. That's no, not true. <laughs> number one mass luchador. No, mass wrestler. It's fine. Gotta keep our integrity here. <laughs> What'd you say, Shingo Takachi? <laughs> anyway. Yes, dude, I had that once. You get this insulin and you put it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ninety percent. <laughs> anyway, penicillin. <laughs> All right, that's it. We're the Working Fans Podcast. We do the work, so you don't have to. We want to take a minute to thank our newest sponsor on the show, Four Eight Two Designs. That is F-O-U-R, the numbers 82 Designs, 482 Designs. You can find them on Facebook by looking up F-O-U-R, 82 Designs, at F-O-U-R, 82 Designs on Instagram, 
And if you want to email them, go to four82designs at gmail.com. Pretty soon, we're going to be rolling out some high-quality T-shirts and stickers that were just done by the sponsor. Please check them out for any of your screen printing needs. First off, it's a light years better than our first one. Also, like, the vibes of washer and dryer, they look good and they're good quality. Nice. And those stickers before Paco chewed them up were amazing. And luckily, we'll be getting some more in, hopefully, before we start selling them to fans. But that's F-O-U-R-8-2 Designs. All right, everybody. This is the man they call Dave from the Working Fans Podcast. And today, we got a guy who's been wrestling for about 16 years. You might have saw him recently on AEW Dark. And he is the owner of Break Night Creative. Helps make wrestling gear for people and himself. And it's going to tell us today about his story mr craven knight craven thank you for doing this man thanks for having me man it's good no to be problem. here <laughs> thank you hey so i always like to start off here pretty basic just yeah yeah i'm assuming you were a fan and if you were what was the kind of stuff you were into <laughs> no i never even knew what wrestling was i just walked into a building and then people said hey you want to you want to just get in there i was like sure and then i just made a living doing it no i just i grew up a huge wrestling fan i remember back in the day i watched a little bit of it with my older sister she was watching back when it was like ultimate warrior and uh oh, yeah. Hogan and stuff like that so i watched a little bit of it and i was really into the ultimate warrior for obvious reasons like it was just exciting and cool yeah. to watch but then like i didn't really stick with it until way later on until pretty much the beginning of the attitude era where right when Stone Cold Steve Austin won the championship from HBK and he started doing the feud with Vince McMahon and that was hooked right away mm. this like seeing I think he like came out in like the suit and tie and he just like oh, yeah. just straight up just hit McMahon in the balls and stuff like that and I was watching ever since and what really helped influence my fandom too is just the friends that I had around so at that time I had friends in like sixth grade that I would, we would just like wrestle, wrestle in schools, like in the hallways and stuff, pretend to be certain wrestlers, just mimicking like the people that we watch on TV and stuff. So yeah, I was a huge fan, still a fan to this day, more of just a huge AEW fan at this point. Yeah, no, I get that. You know, I watch pretty much all wrestling, but AEW is definitely like the company right now for me, like in North America, like they're just on fire. Yeah, just seem to be doing everything right. So it's yeah. like, this is what I tell people that AEW right now makes me like when I watch it, it makes me feel like the fan that I was back then when I was wrestling with my friends in like backyards and public parks mm-hmm. and all that stuff. When I was watching Austin and The Rock and Kurt Angle and just like excited to watch wrestling. It's like it, it feels really good, especially without how wrestling has evolved from what it was then more character driven, where now it's just more of just like athleticism and just more what's going on in the ring. Yeah, no, no doubt. And I tell people, too, it's like like it's. I like the storylines, like Hangman Page in particular. Yeah, like just and it feels like one big party because the fans are so rabid and everything right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Now, all right. So that's your fandom. Now you're breaking in. We were talking mm-hmm. about this a little off air. So you had a match at an early age, but like, how did you break it? And like, so. Like I mentioned, like I was wrestling with friends in backyards and stuff. One particular friend back in the day, not anyone I keep in contact with anymore, but he was actually training at a place called the LIWF, Long Island Wrestling Federation or something like that. I think it was a place that I always heard that was a place that like Loki and Taz went to, but I don't know if there's any validity to that. But anyway, out of all our friends in our backyard that were wrestling, guy saw me and was like, 
you look like you're in shape because at the time I was just extremely active. I wasn't in sports. I was just very active and high metabolism. I just always look like an athlete at a, you know, a young age and stuff. So he just kind of picked me out from all our friends and then brought me with them to the LAWF doghouse is what it was. And it's in Long Island, go with him and just kind of was able, and this is around the time where Tough Enough is on television too. So, and I'm also a very visual learner. I'm the type of kid that I see something on TV. I see someone do a backflip off a box. I want to do a backflip off a box and stuff. Like I see someone just run, like try to jump over a car. You know what? I think I'm gonna try jumping over a car. <laughs> so it's just, it's just kind of, I was a little kid that was dumb like that. But no, I was able to pick up on things from just watching it on TV. So like learning how to take back bumps, lock up on that stuff. It was just almost like a steel trap up here as far as like when it comes to wrestling maneuvers and just how to do that stuff. Carried that with me over to, to the doghouse and got in the ring and just instantly just was able to hit the ropes like pretty well. And then started taking bumps, just going off of stuff in my head. I was like, okay, I want to hit the ropes like the rock. Three steps, hit the ropes, both feet kind of in the same position. And just whenever I hop over someone that does like a drop down, I just kind of hop over. I mimic the rock as I do it. And when I take back bumps, I try to mimic Austin as I do back bumps and stuff like that. Like I just try to mimic certain people. Like when I throw punches, I try to mimic Stone Cold or the rock as I'm throwing punches. Because those are guys that are prominent in my mind at the time. So I'm like 14 years old doing this stuff. 14, 15 years old, getting in the ring and I have my first match at 14 and it wasn't like anything big but it was for like public access but it was pretty much like quarantine style like wrestling like there was no crowd it was just like a dark warehouse and they just recorded it and it was just me just getting my ass kicked and you know in the ring and it was a hell of a time but Besides that, it was just wrestling with friends in backyards and public parks just for the hell of it while people watched, giving them something to talk about. And then we started wrestling in a boxing ring right down the street from where I lived because uh, one of that friend that brought me to training had an uncle that owned a boxing gym. So that's where we were wrestling. We're kind of throwing little shows for little kids and stuff in this like little boxing training facility. Very small place. And the ring was about maybe about nine inches off the ground. And so it was really hard because the boxing ring, there's no give or anything. So we're just killing our bodies. It was four ropes. And that all ended when I was the last person to hit the ropes and the turnbuckle went down. Mm. And after that, there was no more wrestling there. And but we had a, a little small stint of like doing that. And then like and then after that, it was just like some idle periods where. You know, we didn't wrestle, then we found places to wrestle. We just wrestled in parks, blah, blah, blah. And then I moved to Minnesota from New York in the Bronx to to Minnesota, like St. Paul, Minneapolis areas, and living with family and about like it had a big two-year gap of only being a fan, only ever talking about wrestling. Anyone that went to high school with me back in those days, it, they, if you were to ask them anything about me, wrestling related, be like, that's all he ever talked about was professional wrestling. Like anytime there was a chance for me to be creative and talk about something that I was passionate about, it was always about professional wrestling. I made my friends because they saw me reading the stone cold truth in classes. And those friends I went with to the Eddie Guerrero tribute show at the target center, which funny enough was the anniversary. Oh yeah. The, the day, well, yeah, the two days that I was there, but it was the anniversary of, you know, Eddie Guerrero's, you know, passing and stuff. So, and it just kind of went over my head the day that, all that happened and then like when i was at aew and then the next day i was like oh my god yeah it is it just the day the because i always remember the date i remember it's like 11 like 11 13 i think and but for some reason that day it just completely went over my head because i was distracted with the fact that i was at aew but no i just i just found that interesting it was kind of full circle being at the target center 
like, you know, all those years ago as a fan with yeah. my friends and then being there again, which like it wasn't my first time being in Target Center, but there it was actually special because I had a one-on-one match with Scorpio Sky. Granted, it was only two, two minutes, but it was a damn fun two minutes. So Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah. Pretty, pretty awesome. So how did you, what were some of your um, first matches that like in front of crowds? How did you end up like, you know, like... so. Out here, a place, something that's very popular now, because if you watch Dark, you saw that Eric Cannon got mm-hmm. a huge reaction because Eric Cannon sells out First Wrestling at First Avenue. The, you know, that's known as the house that Prince built. And, like, back in the day, like when I was, like, 18, 19 years old, like, my friend brought me in. Like, my friend that was training there, his name is Johnny Ridlin. He has, like, a presence on, like, Twitter and YouTube and all that stuff. But now he does. He's not a wrestler anymore. But he used to train, and he brought me over because he knew I was like all about wrestling and I wanted to wrestle. He knew my history and stuff. And he's like, yeah, just, just come check it out. The guy that trains like Sheriff, like he, he says, just show him, show what you can do. And, and he'll decide whether you can pay a tuition or you can just train there, whatever you want. So with the very little knowledge that I had from training in New York, I carry that with me to go tr- show him what I can do, hit the ropes, take bumps, lock up, do some technical work. And he told me, yeah, you can train here whenever you want. Like, you know what you're doing. So it's just like, Awesome. So I didn't have to pay a tuition. And then, but they were running shows. It's called MPW Midwest, Midwest Pro Wrestling is what it was. And they were running shows every month. I think it was every month on Tuesdays at First Avenue. And my second day of training, because I think we went like Tuesdays and Thursdays and stuff. But my second day of training, Sheriff says, so yeah, we're going to do a tag match. It's going to be uh, the Junk Squad against uh, Ryan Cruz and, and, and Lewis here. Lewis being my real name, but like uh, but in Craven Night, I didn't have my... Craven Knight name at the time. I think I came up with it like right before. But yeah, just like do that. And I was like, wait, what? What's happening? And yeah, we're gonna have you in a match. Like after my second day of training, I'm like, whoa, that's crazy. Because some guys have to wait forever. I know some guys that are still in training <laughs> that won't get opportunities just because either they're either dunces or whatever, or they are mm-hmm. not, or they're just not that skilled or whatever the case. But yeah, that's how I kind of got my first matches going. Is working at First Avenue for Midwest Pro Wrestling, and that first tag match, I was just a scrawny kid, no gear. I had just like baggy athletic pants, mm. and I bought soccer kick pads because I saw those at Walmart, and I had some Otomics wrestling shoes. I bought those when I was wrestling in backyards and stuff. So that was as close to actual wrestling gear as I had was just those shoes. So wow, and the rest was kind of history. <laughs> now you're making your own gear for everybody yeah. <laughs> how did you decide to do that break night creative how did you so i started uh, I, I always made my own stuff for the most part i never ever purchased wrestling gear from anyone because i always heard horror stories whether it be that like someone gave their money to somebody and they just bail they just like ghosted them they just disappeared or they pay a bunch of money and they get it and it's not exact it's not at all what they even asked for something's off and blah 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 and, and I just didn't really want to go through that. So at the time, I was like very chicken leg, scrawny kid. So I just wore loose athletic pants tucked into kick pads. And I was able to order some Japanese Isami kick pads that you'll see a lot of people wear, like Samoa Joe, CM Punk, and stuff like that. And I have those, but I always buy like just plain athletic pants. And at first, I was making decals with duct tape. So I was using, so that's where I just got really creative with just making decals with duct tape and I would crazy glue them. So my Mm -hmm. first pair that I have, I still have to this day that I made at 18, 19 years old and it still holds up and it's just CK with, I believe it's the font that's used for Blade, the movie Blade. Mm. And it's like, it's a blue CK with a black outline on gray pants. And I only crazy glued the edges onto there, never stitched it or anything. And it's just duct tape and it's still held up after wrestling, after washing. And it's just like 
still holds up to this day. It's insane. But that was the majority of my gear from that point until eventually I was like working on my legs every single day, trying to like put on masks. I wanted to get to a point where I can wrestle in trunks, right? Wrestling trunks. And uh, I want to be like Austin. I want to be like The Rock. And I just wanted to like show my body a little bit more. And once I got a little bit more comfortable, I started wearing long tights, but I didn't, still didn't want to buy wrestling gear. So I bought plain pairs of tights online and I would I and I didn't use duct tape because I didn't really it it was just a little bit different at the time so I ended up using fabric paint so kind of the puffy paint that kids would use in high schools or or whatever ages and just like put that on shirts and it would dry up and it's like it's almost like being a tattoo artist on clothing and stuff so I got really creative with that got really good with it to where like guys would want me to make stuff just using fabric paint because like I was a local guy that was kind of reliable to do that and then eventually I carried over from long tights to trunks I had less of a surface area to work with so it made it easier to do that it was a bit of a process like apply and let it dry for a few hours but that's how I did it and then eventually a friend of mine was like sewing and making wrestling gear himself and i was like well why why not me why don't i try and do that mm-hmm. so i just bought a sewing machine on amazon and this is just about like five six years ago so i just bought a sewing machine on amazon and just started messing with it like you know i just started learning my needles started learning like threads and fabrics and all that stuff and it took me a while like i still feel like to this day like i'm just figuring out the perfect recipe for trunks just for myself so i but i was like trying to just make stuff for myself then eventually it started getting pretty okay at it where guys were like hey can you make me something like yeah sure i can try and then like i just started experimenting and making different items tights baggy pants or whatever the case and then eventually i was like maybe i can just do this as a side hustle started doing it as a little bit of a side hustle guys would pay me to do it i started getting just really good at it even so much so i started reverse engineering how to make knee pads and kick pads like i had trace knee pads you tip the type that you normally see like uh randy orton where no randy Orton wears the mcdavid ones specifically but the type of trace ones that norm- normally people would wear where it's just like the front with the two straps on the back and and i just took them apart and I was just dissecting them and trying to figure out how to make them. So I just got really good at figuring that out. And the same thing with kick pads and knee pads and kick pads are kind of like my favorite things to make along with trunks. But yeah, I just dived in and just really just through a lot of trial and error, just started learning it. And over time, just more people started putting their trust in me. And then I was wanted to make videos some watch me work style videos, put those on YouTube, which kind of gave me a little bit more legitimacy where people felt they could trust me because they're seeing that I'm putting out content of me making the stuff. Right. So that's where it really aided me in that point. But also Break Night Creative wasn't just meant to be wrestling gear. It was meant to be because I'm a cre- overall creative person. I like making a lot of different yeah. stuff. So that's why I kind of kept it creative and not just put the word gear because like, I like making props, I like making toys. I like I like just making a variety of different things. So I just kind of kept it Break Night Creative and all that, so. Okay. so. Yeah. People can approach you about other things and it's, you know, you're open to it. Possibly. Sometimes, yeah. Most of the time, the props and other creative avenues are more for myself. And yeah. sometimes it's just like a matter of curiosity if I can do it. Like, it, it, I, I feel there's a level of pressure where when someone wants to commission me to make them like, you know, a po- like a Power Ranger sword, for instance. Like I made like the Red Ranger Power Sword from the uh, original series. That is just a big prop item that I just made just to see if I can do it. And it just stands in my room. It's one of my favorite items that I did that I look at. I'm like, how the hell did I even do this? Mm. And I, but if someone were to commission me to do, I just feel like there's these certain, I'm like, I'm extremely critical of my process and how I do things. And then to be like, Hey, this is not at all what I thought it was going to be like that type of end up like projecting all these like scenarios and what people are going to say. I'm like, I'd rather stay in my lane when it comes to being commissioned for certain things. 
Sure. Because like my anxiety sometimes can't handle the, uh, it's like, Hey man, like this is not at all what I thought it was going to be. It's just like, sorry. <laughs> so I like sticking to the wrestling gear and stuff. That's good. That's good. Yeah. You said something about, you know, talking about your real name before. How did yeah. you come up with Craven Knight and mm-hmm. how would you describe that character and how has it maybe evolved? So Craven Knight really just kind of came up from like, I, I wanted, I was very specific on the syllables that I wanted to go with something else chant chantable. Mm. Like, so like, you know, cause you always think about like, you know, like Steve Austin or, or rock or people's chant Rocky or whatever. It's a certain amount of syllables that lend to chants and stuff, but also something that sounded different that like Craven wasn't really a common name, but I knew Craven Hunter was a character in Spider-Man, but instead of a K, I'm going to use a C. And this is way before I learned that Craven actually means coward. <laughs> uh. <laughs> the actual definition for Craven is coward. So just like, so I came up with this name when I was 18 and I had no idea. Pretty good but, deal, uh, though. Oh, <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's like right. I can. And the thing is, like, promotions trust me to like, because I tend to kind of flip flop from one to the other. So mm-hmm. they always never have a set plan for me when it comes to, oh, oh Craven's going to be healed. Craven's going to be a face. And it's like, oh, this show, you're going to be healed. It's like, but I was just a face last month. <laughs> it's just like, oh, you can do it. And just like, so it's like kind of endearing, but then again, it's very, really confusing. I don't know. It's like, I've been told that it's good that they can trust you to do both. But no, like, but Craven, I just thought it sounded really cool. Like that it was two syllables. I was like, the last name has to be single syllable. And I liked Knight. It's more Knight. I like because it's more of an homage to Batman, to Dark Knight. So a huge Batman fan. I have a Batman tattoo. I have a bunch of Batman stuff behind me. I think right here is a uh, almost got him poster from Batman the Animated Series. I have a couple of those here too. But that's what it was. So Craven Knight was kind of that. And I also wanted to spell it differently too. So I can make it difficult for myself. So my posters can always have it spelt incorrectly. (laughs) like a friend a friend of mine told me that like yeah on the dirt sheets like your name was spelt wrong everywhere and it's like i've been used to that for well over a decade it's is no skin off my aew spelt it correctly that's all i care about yeah yeah yeah, absolutely but as far as as far as the character goes there was really no specific character like that i ever really got to portray like Mm -hmm. in the ring of any sort like i just knew i always saw myself like as kind of like you know, the type that like, I'm not, a, I'm not a funny, I'm not a funny wrestler type. I'm just very like athletic. I'm very like grounded. I'm very in ways can be kind of serious, which I know everybody wants to be a badass serious wrestler. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't only always apply unless you're more established. And even to this day, I'm not really well established anywhere except, you know, in the area that I work in more local to Minnesota. So but I always tagged on the extreme assassin, which the extreme assassin is supposed to be like in my head. I had a character of just like kind of almost like a mercenary type that kind of mm-hmm. goes through extreme, not necessarily like extreme, like ECW, but more of that like extreme to the point where I go through extreme measures to take out my opponent kind of thing. So I just have the kind of no limits kind of thing. And that's kind of like a kind of the story that I was kind of playing in my head. And then over over time, I, I figured, oh, okay, I'm, I'm from the Bronx, New York. 
I live in the Midwest, then if I'm a heel or whatever the case, I can be really play on the idea of being from like kind of like a fighter from New York or whatever, which, you know, a lot of wrestlers just try to be a fighter of some sort. It's just kind of generic. But I like the idea of being the rumbler from the Bronx. Like I was like, oh, wow, this is awesome. Because then I, you know, the rumble from the rumble in the Bronx, Jackie Chan. I was just, I love that movie as a little kid. And I can, I made the shirt just like, and I found the font. I was able to create rumbler from the Bronx, Craven Knight type shirt, which I just really loved how that looked. And I was like, yeah, I'm gonna go with that. Like, you don't have to say where I'm from. You just say the rumbler from the Bronx. Craven Knight. And that would just make me a badass brawler type. And then from there, I just kind of really embrace the tailor aspect of my life of being a guy that makes wrestling gear, working that into promos using, you know, measuring tape, carrying that with me to the ring and all that, where it's like, yeah, my gear doesn't necessarily show what character I am because I'm not really a character. It's just like, I'm not really a gimmick. I'm not really a character or any sort, but I'm just like, I'm a tail. I'm a guy who can make your wrestling gear and beat the crap out of you while you're wearing it. So it's just, I kind of really work that in. So I go by the tailor of the squared circle, which is kind of long, but it's like, but it's kind of true. It's like, that's mm-hmm. what I am. So when I went to eight. Oh, go ahead. What was that? It distinguishes you di- different too. Yeah, for sure. It's like there's no wrestlers out there that like, yeah, there's other wrestlers that do make wrestling gear and do try to make money doing that, but they don't make their characters like the tailor. So it's just like, yeah, that really kind of sets me apart. And it's really interesting. I have other ideas for like character stuff, but without being able to really portray it and like, you know, have the production to really do it, I feel like it doesn't really lend to you trying to do it for shows where they're i don't know if they're going to have me a heel or a face or where they're going to go with it so unless i'm really involved in some way which i don't really have that status to do that it just kind of makes it hard to really be the type of characters that i want to really be and all that now i looked here did i see did you got to wrestle in the ring with larry zabisco i got to tag with him yes Uh, yeah it was yeah, I got to tag with Larry Zabisco in a match for, oh man, it was rock and roll wrestling. Mm-hmm. I know that not a lot of people have a good, a lot of good things to say about Buck Zumoff, but that's you know who was running at the time before all the stuff came out about him and, and all that. We don't need to dive into that, but yeah, but, but Larry, Zabisco, I mean, that's just such a name from the past. That's why I was, yeah, it's all that. Yeah, it was it was like this small town show. We got booked, but I got paid extra money. To play because I'm I'm a you know Hispanic Puerto Rican from the Bronx, right. but because of my skin tone and being that it's the Midwest, a lot of people out here can't really tell the difference between like what's what. So it's like I'm Puerto Rican, but it's like I might as well be Mexican. But because people just like some people are ignorant or some people just don't care. People just have no freaking idea. So, but the Buck really wanted to book me as an Arab, so. And at the time, I was just like, I was very much like inspired by like wrestlers like Rey Mysterio and like, mm-hmm. you know, Eddie Guerrero, where like they wore different gear all the time. So every time I wrestled, I, I make, even to this day, sometimes I just make new stuff all the time because I have the luxury of doing that. So at the time, I was like, okay, I'll buy some. I had, I already knew well in advance. So I bought yellow tights and I looked up some Arab stuff, came up with like a random, I think I call myself Ali Rashad. So, because like I was thinking Muhammad Ali, I was, it was so lazy. Yeah, Muhammad yeah. Ali and Rashad Evans. And I just combined those, like that rolls off the tongue. So I'll just go with that. It was a one off. So I was yeah. just like, I was going off of my own ignorance too. But I just like made some tights with some random Arab writing that in Arab spells out night. So I just did right. that. And, and yeah, I, um, uh, Got to wrestle tag with Larry Zabisco because Larry Zabisco was in the match, but he was a heel as well. 
And in this same match, at the end of the match, I got choked out by Greg Gagne. So, oh. which he really choked me out. So, because, oh. you know, because these old timers, they don't hold back. So, okay. but yeah, but that, that was interesting. I just remember one thing, if I can take away anything from that match is that for some reason, because I was so young. So I instinctively, like when I tagged him in, I was like, like double, uh, like double suplex. You know, was like, you kidding? He said to me, he's like, you kidding? I'll have to bump. <laughs> so I just like. Duh, I don't want to make this man bump. So, That's so, funny. so that was pretty funny. <laughs> oh my goodness. Now you said a couple of interesting names there. I wasn't gonna yeah, you got me in my mind and director. You said not only Muhammad Ali, which but you said Rashad Evans. Are you an MMA guy? You a combat sports guy? Or? Not really. Okay. I, I'm not I'm not really into sports all that much. That won't stop people from trying to talk to me about sports, even if <laughs> I tell them I don't care about sports. But uh like I had a show that I did recently. I literally talked to there was a dude there that is a cornerback for the Minnesota Vikings. And I was talking to him, just having a casual conversation with him. I had no idea who he was. He there was a, guys were saying certain things. It's like and wanted to take pictures with him. And I was like, it was like, Yeah, he has a signing tomorrow. I was like, a signing, what does he do? He's like, he plays for the Vikings. I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Even at AEW, there was a dude that has nothing to do with sports, but like I'm just sidetracking, but it was a dude at AEW that was a rapper, apparently. Uh-huh. I remember, I remember him like standing right behind me, stunk like weed. But I just remember him like standing behind me, and I was like, I don't know who that is. And then I saw things online like saying, Oh, I got to. I think it was Thunder Rosa said that like, Oh, I got to hang out with this guy. And, like he's a rapper, and I looked him up. It's like, Oh, it's that guy. He was standing right behind me. I have no idea who he was. <laughs> so it's like it's just funny the people, the celeb, the celebrities that I run into that I have no clue who they are. But no, I don't. I don't traditionally watch like MMA a lot. Like if there's special events and sure. I have a chance to watch it with friends or at a bar or something, like I'll I'll pay attention and I'll watch. But I just it's not something I ever really kind of hardcore stuck into. But I did watch like when Brock Lesnar was there and stuff. Oh, yeah. And but like but yeah, I don't really get that much involved with like sports or even MMA in itself. You you said earlier too, like you were the wrestling guy. So yeah, right up, yeah. I yeah, it. I grew up grew up watching wrestling. That that was my sport to me and stuff. And I am also just a big nerd too. Like you know, I have this like red Red Ranger helmet here, and I have like a wacko mask that I made myself. All these shelves behind me have toys on them. I have a bunch of toys. I'm a big toy collector and all that. Oh, and there's my Two Face poster there too. But yeah, my my apartment is just filled with just a bunch of like you you walk into my apartment, you look at my stuff, you get a general idea of who I am. That's mostly what my actual like Cravenite Instagram is. You look at that, it's like a lot of like either creative stuff, my nerdy stuff, and my cat. That's about it. <laughs> That's good. Man. How did you so how did you end up on AW Dark? So for AW Dark, I knew they were coming to town. My friends were talking about how they're gonna get tickets for the events for that weekend. And AEW really just kind of spur of the moment to kind of announce this event. So it was interesting and it was kind of messed up because like I already had a booking that was already set up for that weekend. But but I told the guy, it's like, look, an opportunity came up that I can't turn down. And he understood like completely and stuff. And I wasn't really a part of anything major within that. So so it really wasn't that big of a deal. But anyway, I, I knew some guys that like Brandon Gore. I know he's been to, to Nightmare Factory along with like guy like JDX, guys I've worked with out here. And, and I wasn't looking for any handouts or anything. I just looked for a little bit of guidance as far as like, who do I contact? Because my friends were getting tickets and they're saying that you want to go. And it's like, I'm going to hold off as a fan. I'm going to see if I can get on as an extra. 
not having any clue on whether I could even get on as an extra. So I'm just talking to different people that I know that have been extras or been to have worked for them in some way or have been to the nightmare factory of any sort. And on a show, I was with Brandon Gore, like that, because I, you know, right now I'm currently the Steel Domain heavyweight champion. And I was wrestling the match with Brandon Gore where I won the title because he was a champion before me. And I beat him for the title and then uh, we're in the locker room and I ask him, hey, man, so like I know I have to get a, a hold of this person. Like, is there any way like do you know who I need to talk to to just get an email just so I can just reach out directly? And he said, oh, no, I'll just text him. Just like, oh, okay, cool. It's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not really asking for you to like really go out of your way. Just like, if I can just get an email so I can go through the proper channels to just send it directly. I don't want to just send him a direct message and just be another person. Anybody can just send a direct message to like a Randy Orton and just be like, hey man, can I come up? Yeah, so right. like, not that Randy Orton's a person to reach out to. That's why I just threw out that name. So, yeah. uh, but no, it's just I, I wanted to just go through the proper channels and just be really professional about it and not just be like, hey, does anybody got an email to this person? Like, who the hell do I need to talk to? To mm -hmm. all this, it was just more of just like, hey, can like, I know you've been there. Like, I, I know it's this name. Do you know who I need to talk to to just go through a proper channel? So, you know, just to get on there as an extra possibility and stuff. So, he's so able to hook me up. He got back to me the next day, gave me the email. I talked to him a couple other people about like who have been there and they told me a little bit more about it. So, they don't really get a hold of you until about like maybe a little less than two weeks before the event. But once I got the the email, it was like just a big email to like all the extras that are involved. I was just like, holy crap like i'm doing this like it's awesome and, and that was exciting and like my you know my friends were pretty excited that i told them that was going to be a part of it and yeah that's you know that's about it it was just more a matter of just trying to figure out who do i know that can just kind of get me through the proper channels to speak to the right person so i'm just doing it is you know as proper as i can without like sure. really you know throwing anyone under a bus or getting myself in trouble of any sort kind of thing i know some some people can be pretty precious about that type of stuff Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Be professional. And it's all about timing and networking. Right. So you're putting yourself. Yeah. Right about, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we usually like to go about a half hour. So yeah. what are some of your goals now? Obviously, I mean, I, I imagine AEW, WWE are always like goals and stuff, too. But what are yeah. some that plus other goals? I mean, I don't know. When it comes to like WWE, because I've had my opportunities with like WWE. I've been to Orlando at the Performance Center for a tryout and stuff. And that was probably one of the best experiences of my life. Where, where I, when it came, came to my wrestling career, where I didn't really get much from it, but I did get some good advice from Regal himself that I just wish I, I really took, which was like, just get out there and just make a name for myself and make sure the, and make the company want me instead of the other way around. What she did with Gargano, which like worked out for Gar Gargano and me, I just kind of got really bitter. And, you know, so I just kind of steered away, but, you know, always kind of tried to remain, remain a fan with a little bit of bitterness and all that stuff. And now at this point, I've, I've matured a little bit more, kind of gotten past all that. When it comes to WWE, I just I know which direction that they're going now. And I know, especially with, you know, we all know it's stuff with WWE. So it's just like there's no way that's going to happen. I'm 35 years old and I'm 5'10". There's no way I'm going there. There's no way anybody wants me there. So and I'm well aware of that. Where, But I look at a place like AEW, it's just like, yeah, like. And it's not that like I want a main event, like you know the 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 top like events of AEW or anything like that. It's just more of just like I like to have a really good. I like to be like on a top, on a main stage and showcase what I can do, sure, and not just like a two minute match. Like because I know what I'm capable of. But I think when given the opportunity to really showcase what I can do, that I can really like 
in a way kind of shock the world in a way but like i i really would just like to be able to just have a good run in in wrestling in itself besides just doing a lot of you know small town shows like really feel like i'm wrestling in front of wrestling crowds so that's kind of like a goal of mine and also to in the end like for me i, I love training and coaching and for me a goal in in the end is just to be a really good like trainer and coach to wrestlers because i always feel like i have a lot to offer in on that side when it comes to wrestling so that would be really cool but also i'm a really creative person i love the fact that i can make wrestling gear i can walk through both worlds it really hit me when i you know the seamstresses that worked at AEW, like you know they travel with them and stuff and they know me because one of them i talked to about getting a vinyl cutter the other one has seeked out advice from me about wrestling gear and i just hung out with the seamstresses which is really cool so i and made me realize oh yeah i'm a day walker i can walk you know i walk through both worlds, like of wrestling and seamstress, you know, being a seamstress. So it's just like, it's really cool to kind of have both perspectives and all that, but stay, just staying creative and, you know, just making things I wanted to make, living a comfortable life, being able to just be physical in whatever way, like wrestling is what keeps me in shape. And the gym is what keeps me, you know, wanting to get back in the ring and all that stuff. And making wrestling gear definitely inspires me to want to make stuff for myself to get in the ring. So, so it all just kind of circles around each other, I guess. But, but yeah. Uh, so goals in general is just like to be able to show more people what I can do in the ring, be able to stay creative, and just make a good living doing what I love doing, which is just stuff involved with wrestling or just making stuff. That's pretty much it. So this is really selfishly for me. I'm curious. Are you a big Blade fan? I wouldn't. I only know a Blade from the movies. I am aware that, you know, he was comics, but like I'm a big Blade fan from the movies so much so that. So quick story back in the day. And I also I'm very much of a rambler, if you can't tell. But (laughs) I always ask that is because I am now a Marvel nerd at this point Mm -hmm. in my life. Like I love Batman. But now in the last years, I've gotten into Marvel movies and stuff and Maybe that's a thing if you're a pro wrestling fan. Like deep down, I always loved this stuff, but didn't know it. But I saw that Blade was part of. I didn't know it as it when I was younger and watched those movies. But Blade is part of Marvel, and yeah. I just saw that they're going to be doing a Blade, either a Blade series or a Blade movie outright. And, yeah, uh, like even so much so, like I I didn't get to watch the Eternals. Same, well, I just did, but yes, okay, you know. Yeah, about it. I just want to for you just in case, but yeah. Oh no, no, yeah, I didn't watch the Eternals. I know me and my friends just had no interest in the movie, but I was just like, well, but I watch a lot of YouTube channels that talk and dissect a lot of that yeah. stuff. That's kind of how like I kind of lived through the eyes of other people. It's like oh, I'm not gonna watch this movie, but let me learn what I can about it, and just mm-hmm. like I'll, I'll wonder what the after the post credit scenes were and stuff. And it was like the voice of you know. Right. A blade and stuff so i just like oh he, you know he kind of pops up in some way so i'm just like oh interesting okay i didn't get to hear it i didn't get to see it but but yeah i'm, I'm very interested in seeing like what they do with it and how they introduce these things but yeah growing up i was a huge blade fan story i was gonna tell is the fact that like back in the day when i was a kid we had a uh what was known as a black box a black box being the box that a lot of people used to illegally get pay-per-views oh, yeah. Yeah. so the thing is with that we just i remember we had Three channels, mainly a pay-per-view movie channel, a pay-per-view movie channel that showed the same movie all day, mm-hmm. like back to back, and then a Playboy. <laughs> so I remember back in that time, and even to this day, I don't, I'm not tired of the movie Blade at all because like I watched that movie over and over and over. Right. I'll, I'll skip school and I'll stay home and I watched that movie when I knew it was on. And I watched it over and over. I learned the fight choreography from that movie i made the blade shield out of cardboard i had a wooden i had a straight wooden sword and i taught myself how to do the flip and put it 
into oh, yeah. the sheath on the back. And I even like remade that vest into an actual costume where I was able to play be blade. I even have a blade sword replica in my room. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a pretty big fan of blade and just like, you know, Wesley Snipes playing blade and all that stuff. So the first and second movie, I definitely am a huge fan of, but Marvel fan, Marvel fan, definitely like, I'm just kind of overall, like I, I, it's hard to say comic book fan because I only read some of the trade paperbacks or the trade graphic novels and uh, mostly Batman stuff. I have some Power Ranger comics that were really good and some Nightwing and Green Arrow and, and all that. But when it comes to Marvel, I don't really own any comics, but I definitely just love watching the movies to death. Yeah. Like, you know, like Civil, I, not Civil War. I think Winter Soldier is probably like my, my most favorite. And it took a while for me to realize that, oh, this is like Metal Gear Solid. Like I'm a huge Metal Gear Solid fan. Like I'm, I'm really into. You familiar with Metal Gear Solid? Well, through friends, I'm not a huge. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. So, but yeah, just like the tactical espionage action, and it's like a little, very much similar as far as how the story is told. And it's like, oh, this is that's why I like it so much because it's very <laughs> much like Metal Gear Solid. It's a lot more grounded and all this stuff. So I'm just, I'm really, in, really into that. And but yeah, the Marvel movies for sure definitely stand out. But also, just a huge Batman fan in general. Like I'll watch BBS will, mainly just for Ben Affleck's performance. <laughs> I will say Batman Begins got me really back into superhero genre movies because I was kind of, I want to say outgrowing them, but like the 80s, right? So I'm older. So it was like, you know, they weren't really taken seriously. And yeah, yeah. Kid, right? you just see Superman fly or whatever, action cool. But yeah. then like when I saw Batman Begins, I love obviously The Dark Knight was amazing. But like yes. even before that, Batman Begins. I was like, oh, this is done in a way like you could almost see this. And this is actually, yeah. you know, like they're showing yeah, how, the training. And I was like, so that got yeah. me into it. And that actually brought me back into the superhero. I think that that hooked me because I remember, I think I was still, I was in my last year of high school when that came out. Or maybe it was just like a year after or something. And I went to see it in theaters. I remember specifically that day driving to the theater. I think I got a ticket that day to go see the movie. Right. I was speeding to the theater. <laughs> but yeah, I saw it and I love Batman Begins because of, and the same reason I love watching Iron Man. It's the uh, building and development of all the tools and gadgets that he needs and how he eventually becomes the, you know, Batman or becomes Iron Man. And so those things like Iron Man's kind of like, the movie I put on the background, if I'm like work tink tinkering with stuff or working on model kits or making a custom action figure of some sort. And when I'm just diving into my other hobbies, I like having those like really cool creative like movies that's like, oh, I get to see my favorite characters be creative. I want to be creative too, kind of thing. So yeah. Oh yeah, that's cool. All right. Well, now that we gave these people an extra 10 minutes about <laughs> superhero stuff, anything you want to promote social media, hit it up, man. For sure. Great Night Creative, Night spelt exactly how you see it here, K-N-Y-T-E. But Great Night Creative is my business. I make wrestling gear. Also have my Craven Night page on Instagram that is all not, unless it's my own wrestling gear, it's not really gear related, but that's where you can see pictures of my cat and my other creative <laughs> ventures and where I post posters of my wrestling like shows that I'm going to be a part of. So not really anything major to promote. I will be part of Midwest All-Star Wrestling this weekend on Saturday at Mounds Theater in uh, St. Paul, Minnesota. And follow me on Instagram and you can see like where the posters are. And then next week with Steel Domain, where I'll be defending the Steel Domain Heavyweight Championship, I believe against Rory Fox. I believe oh. is who it is. Yeah. So yeah. Or it's been on the show before. Yeah, okay, awesome. So yeah. So so that'll be happening next two weeks. And I decided to kind of take the holidays to just kind of chill out and just catch up on orders that I have for wrestling gear. So but that's pretty much it. Just uh, Craven Knight, 
search Craven Knight, even on YouTube, you can search me on YouTube. And I even have the Breakneck Creative uh, YouTube channel that has a bunch of backlog of videos of me making stuff or some highlight reel. All right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's Working Fans Wrestling Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Working Fans Wrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcast, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week.